You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Never thought this radio stunt would catch on so big. This time it's showtime, okay? He's one of the greatest men in radio. That guy's crazy. It's like I'm talking to a monkey. You should tune in. He's actually kind of funny. Yeah, he means well. It's the Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call me at 457-1290. Locally grown, seriously funny on WHIO. Okay, so what impresses me? Personally, I love funny guys. If you can make me laugh, then nothing else matters. A funny guy is a very attractive guy. It is Evening Edge, Monday through Friday from 6 to 8. Here in a couple weeks, starting May 1st, you'll be able to hear the show beginning at 5. And I've got an email that I'm going to uh, delve into in regards to that time change. Been getting a lot of questions like, why is this happening? And I'll explain it. I will explain it all. Unpack it, as they say. Uh, Tonight on the show, we've got uh, another report of a car into a building. It happened this morning, and I've got the photo evidence. Thank you to an edgehead by the name of Brian. Uh, We'll get to that. Also, a new feature tonight called Recalls and Ripoffs. I know you all love the Clark Coward, and you love his recall news and his rip-off uh, warnings and all that. And uh, I thought, well, I'm going to jump on that bandwagon, too. And uh, keep my eye out for stories like that uh, that you need to be aware of, whether it's a recall or a rip-off or whatever it might be. So uh, you can count on me for that. Also, we've got some food news, and I don't know if you saw the story Major, major Canadian heist. It happened at a uh, airport in Toronto. One of the biggest ever. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. And I did a little research to find out when the biggest heist was here in the United States and also the biggest heist in all the history of the world, or at least recorded history. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, tonight, of course, it's Friday, and that means... You need a hat. Look, it's a hat. Nice hat. Oh, that is a beauty. Let me just get you a hat. I love the way you wear that hat. Don't forget your hat. Are you going to wear that hat? I like your hat. Nice hat. Looks expensive. It's a magic hat. It is a magic hat. And it is Hot Hat Friday, and I am wearing a lid tonight from the good folks at Dayton Live, the theater folks, downtown Dayton. And uh, I love Dayton Live. We do a lot of promotions with Dayton Live on this station and other stations in in our building. And uh, big, big show that's coming up in, uh, well, a couple of weeks, uh, May 4th, a couple of weekends. It's Frozen. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Uh, I promise you it'll be much better than that. Uh, And also for the folks that are watching tonight on the Evening Edge Toddcast live stream uh, in regards to Dayton Live 
and them being, you know, uh, the the one of the best uh, theater groups in the country. Here are my jazz hands. You're seeing my jazz hands from my days in show choir. So thank you to Dayton Live and uh, their hat tonight. I appreciate it. Kicking off things with Idiot of the Week, though, tonight. You are a stupid, stupid idiot! Comes from upbringing. Parents are probably idiots, too. Idiot! Wake up, idiot! Silly dilly dopeo. I'm an idiot. Yeah, that's true. All right, so this is a uh, this is an epic idiot of the week story because there are three key elements, three key principles in this particular story. Now, what I thought we could do tonight, okay? It's Friday, leaning into the weekend. You're switching to glide, as they say. Uh, I thought we could have some fun with this story, and I would like to take a poll tonight of uh, of the listeners, uh, all the edgeheads out there. Listening on radio, also watching on the uh, live cast. Which three of these principles is the bigger idiot? Now, it could be close. It could be close. But I'd love to get your vote. 937-457-1290. Here is the story. A South Carolina man was arrested after threatening his ex-wife and her boyfriend with a gun while they were having sex. So, ex-husband. Jealous guy catches wife having sex with new boyfriend, ex-wife, right? You understand that. But here's the thing. The suspect and his ex-wife, who were divorced two years ago, still live in the same house. According to the arrest report, the suspect began banging on the walls while his ex and her boyfriend were doing the same. In the bedroom, when the banging on the wall failed to stop the focused couple, in air quotes, uh, the suspect went out to his car and got his gun. The woman and her boyfriend say they heard the racking sound of a firearm. And it sounds a little bit like, where is it? (laughs) I had it. Where'd it go? Oh, come on. Well, we know what it sounds like. Get like that. It sounds like that. That's what it sounds like. So uh, so they heard that, and they stopped. Now, that's enough to stop you in your tracks, right? You ignore the pounding on the wall, but when you hear the... That'll stop you. Uh, the woman and her boyfriend said they heard the racking sound of a firearm... And stopped. The uh, girlfriend went downstairs to investigate. And the ex-boyfriend, or the ex-husband rather, was threatening with threatening her with a gun. And he, he, <laughs> he did it because he, quote, was trying to ruin the mood. That's what he told the cops when they showed up a little bit later and arrested him. So... Here's the thing about this. I'm trying to figure out who's the bigger idiot here. And how would you put them in order? You've got the couple who were married and were divorced two years ago. And clearly, this isn't the first time this husband has probably been jealous. If he was so jealous that he would go out and get a gun. And threaten uh, his ex and this boyfriend, right? Not the first time, I'm sure. 
But then you've got the woman who, and I don't know whose name is on the uh, the lease or if they're if they own the home or what. Doesn't say in the story. But not a good idea for an ex-wife and an ex-husband to be living together. So who's living with him? Is it his house and she's living with him? Or is it her house and he's living with her? What's the story? We don't know that. But she felt comfortable enough to bring her boyfriend back to fool around while her husband was there. But then I think, well, what about the boyfriend? I mean, if you were a guy and you were dating a girl, a woman, and you knew that she lived with her ex-husband and she said, hey, come on over to my place, would you go? Probably not. That's, that's stupid. And I don't care if they say, oh, we have an understanding. No, you don't. You don't have an understanding because this is the kind of thing that's going to happen. So looking at this story, trying to figure out who's the biggest idiot. So if you have any thoughts on that, 937-457-1290. Is it the, uh, obviously the couple because they're living together. That's they're, they're equally idiots, but the one guy, you know, he went and got his gun. So that makes him a little bigger idiot. But then the woman invited her boyfriend over to have sex. Which kind of puts her back up there with the gun-toting, jealous ex-husband. But then you got the boyfriend. Who probably knew what he was walking into. So if you got any thoughts on who might be the biggest idiot, uh, 937 457 1290 of those three. And we also have a car crashing into a building to talk about. <laughs> Your crashed car. In local news, a spectacular car crash. Car, house, house car. So it's been a busy few days. Last night on the show, I don't know if you were listening, but we had a call from a gentleman who I believe he said he was a structural uh, inspector. And that he was on his way to somewhere, I think he said Springfield, maybe uh, Enon, I can't remember. Uh, and he said that he was going to check on a house that had just been hit by a car. So that was, that was a report that we got live on the show. But then he said that this was the second report that he'd gotten in 10 days of a car into a building. And I went back and I looked. We didn't have the... Uh, the the incident that he was referring to from, you know, 10 days ago or so. So that brought our total to 32 for, uh, for the year. 32 incidents of cars crashing into building, or as we decided last night, a rapid unscheduled disassembly. <laughs> that's, what, that's what SpaceX is using. I love that term. A rapid unscheduled disassembly. But then I got a uh, email this morning from Edgehead Brian Faruqi, who is the uh, fire captain, uh, or is a fire captain with Harrison Township. And uh, I asked him if I could use his name and uh, use his photos and whatnot, and he graciously agreed. This happened uh, at a business 
in Harrison Township on the uh, on Wadsworth Road. Apparently, deputies. Um, I don't know if they were chasing the vehicle or they they just caught wind of it, but it was a stolen SUV. And it crashed into a building, and you can see the damage on my Facebook page. I posted the pictures that Brian sent me, and clearly uh, it looked like it it hit the garage, but sort of like the frame of the garage. Did some uh, pretty serious damage to the front end of the car and the the garage. So uh, that would be 33. So we are up to 33 for the year. Cars crashing into buildings. Here in the Miami Valley, uh, so if you uh, if you got a comment on the uh, on the the trifecta of idiots, which uh, which one of those three the boyfriend, the ex wife, or the ex husband uh, who was the biggest idiot of that story? It's the Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call Todd now, 937-457-1290, or message him at Evening Edge Todd. Locally grown, seriously funny on WHIO. You and your dad live by a pretty tough code of behavior, don't you, Todd? The Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call Todd now, 937-457-1290, or message him at Evening Edge Todd. Locally grown, seriously funny, on WHIO. Back here on the Evening Edge, Monday through Friday, from 6 to 8, and beginning May 1st, 5 to 7. 937-457-1290 had a story, an Idiot of the Week candidate, and it was really three that we started the show off with tonight. It was a, uh, a guy and a gal who were married to each other at one time. They'd been divorced for two years, but they were still living together. And when the girlfriend, or the ex-wife, I should say, invited her boyfriend over, and they were fooling around, of course, ex-husband got jealous and pulled a gun, and he got arrested. So my question is, of the three, who's the biggest idiot? I mean, the guy who, uh, first of all, first of all, the, the fact that the ex-wife and the ex-husband are living together, pretty idiotic. That's not, uh, that's not a bright move. Um, going out and getting a gun and threatening two people who are fooling around because you're jealous, that's pretty dumb, so that elevates him. But the ex-wife invited her boyfriend over knowing her husband was going to be there or likely would be there. So that elevates her level. But what about the boyfriend? I mean, if you were a guy and you were into a woman and uh, she says, well, I just need you to know, I still live with my ex-husband and he could be a little jealous. Do you go over there (laughs) at all, especially to mess around? I don't think you do. So I'm just not sure which is the biggest idiot. A lot of people on the live stream, they're calling the boyfriend the biggest idiot. Garrett New Carlisle. What's up, Garrett? Hey, man, what's going on? Happy Friday to you there, Todd, at the old WHO radio <laughs> station. I'm doing well. What's going on with you? Hey, man, uh, the biggest idiot in that trio's got to be the female because she is the one that is most control of the situation. Well, that's a pretty good point. I mean, woman's going to be in control of that situation. She decides when and where she's going to fool around. The guys don't. 
right? Exactly. Guys never they, they never get that opportunity or get that choice. It's all it's really yeah. up to the woman. So she she should have known that uh, if the boyfriend was going to come over, it might not be wise to have that happen while the husband was there or could show up or the ex husband rather. So yeah, yeah exactly. I kind of get that. I kind of get that. Yeah. But and, if, and it's it's it, it's like little Johnny walking in on mom and dad one time, and mom, he goes, "Well, what's going on?" Mom says, "Well, dad's just parking the car in the garage." And <laughs> little Johnny says, "Well, yeah, I got you. Still aren't in, dad." Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, Garrett. Thanks for your call. That line's open nine three seven four five seven twelve ninety. We have a new feature tonight. It's called Recalls and Ripoffs. Are you satisfied with our product? No, not at all. It's junk. What a ripoff. Down the recall. I want my money back. Junk <laughs> junk. What a ripoff. It fell apart pretty quick. You ripped me off. I want my money back. Well, I'm going to keep an eye out for uh, these recalls and ripoffs and bring them to you right here on the Evening Edge because I, I need to keep you updated and I need to keep you safe, especially with this one. If you happen to be the owner of a sledgehammer, uh, a DeWalt and Stanley sledgehammer, also Craftsman's. They've been recalled. This is insane. More than 2 million sledgehammers are being recalled because the heads of the hammers can fly off while they're being used. Wow. That is, uh, <laughs> that is a major, major dysfunction, malfunction. Uh, the Consumer Product Safety Commission announced the recall of certain sledgehammers by those three companies. They were sold at Home Depot, Ace Hardware, and other retail val- uh, retailers, hardware retailers, as well as Amazon. And they were sold between 2013 and 2022. You know we have some music for this. The perfect music. There we go. Sledgehammer music. Uh, the tools weigh between 2 and 12 pounds and are between 14 and 36 inches long. There have been 192 reports of heads of the sledgehammers flying off. Oh, my God. So if you'd like a list of all of the sledgehammers that have been recalled, go to whio.com and you can uh, get the list and find out if your sledgehammer is one in danger of flying off in midair and smacking somebody boot to the head upside of the head it's the evening edge with todd holst call todd now 937-457-1290 or message him at evening edge todd locally grown seriously funny on whio to call. You call me. You better call me. Damn it, get me a phone. Call me on my radio. I'm gonna call you. You got him on the radio. You won't make a simple phone call. What is wrong with you? It's the Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call me at 457-1290. Locally grown, seriously funny on WHIO. Back here on the Evening Edge, Monday through Friday from 6 to 8, starting May 1st, 5 to 7. If you missed the uh, the recall and ripoff, a new feature here on the show, we were just talking about over 2 million sledgehammers being recalled. They were sold at Home Depot, Ace Hardware, 
other retailers, including Amazon. DeWalt, Stanley, and Craftsman sold between November 2013 and November 2022. That's, I mean, and the reason they're being recalled is because the uh, the heads of the sledgehammers, they've had 192 reports of them flying off. Now, my question, seriously, I'm not saying that, oh, it's just 192 out of 2 million, but it's just 192 out of 2 million. You wonder how many of those instances were caused by somebody not using the sledgehammer correctly, right? Because I know that if you you have horrible aim like I do when it comes to even using a simple hammer, uh, every time you hit the head or hit the neck of that uh, sledgehammer, you know, on a on a piece of concrete or a tree or something, whatever you're sledgehammering, you're you're probably weakening that connection. That I mean, I'm not an engineer, but I would assume that that's what would happen. So, out of two million sledgehammers, there's been 192 reports of the heads flying off, and only two incidents where someone was injured. So, two incidents out of more than 2 million sledgehammers where somebody got hurt. So, I don't know. But I stay away from that sort of thing. I, I had a very bad experience as a kid with uh, with some tools, with a hammer and a chisel. And uh, I, I just try to stay away from anything like axes or, uh, you know, big axes like chopping wood. I, I'm like, uh, and somebody commented on the uh, the live stream tonight, uh, that's watching, I have PTSD from Final Destination. That's kind of the thing, because I know I'm the kind of guy that if something is going to go badly with a chainsaw or an axe or a, sle- or a sledgehammer or really anything like that, I'm going to be the one. <laughs> I'm going to be the cautionary tale. It just happens that way. I just know myself, and I, I just I need to I need to avoid that at all cost. Uh, we have a ma- uh, we have some mail. Shut back about. down and shut your trap. It's time for mail call. Message for you, son. You should see a fan mail. You got a message. I got you, lad. Amazing what you can accomplish by mail. Congratulations, Skippy. You've got mail. By the way, I want to give an update. We uh, we were asking people who are the biggest uh, idiots of the three options in the story that we started the show with tonight. The ex-wife and husband who uh, live with each other. That's a recipe for disaster. Uh, the ex-wife who invited her now boyfriend over to fool around while the ex-husband was there. He got mad and went and got a gun. Uh or the boyfriend who went over, went over to see the girlfriend who is the ex-wife of the guy who's living downstairs. So uh, who, which one of the three, the biggest, uh, the biggest idiot. And right now, it's, it looks pretty equal. We've had people call in. They didn't want to be on the air. We had one person call in and say it was the, uh, the girl, the woman. Um, we have one person say it was the, ex, uh, the ex-husband. And then uh, some people online on the live stream said that it was, in fact, the boyfriend. I kind of tend to go with the boyfriend. I mean, the ex-husband brought a gun into it. That's pretty idiotic, and that's what got him arrested and charged with a felony. But, you know, if you're a guy 
and you're you're interested in a woman, and she says when you're getting to know her, oh, by the way, a little awkward, I still live with my ex-husband. Are you going over to her place to screw around? Probably not. Right? Let's go somewhere else. <laughs> Maybe come to my place. Unless, of course, he lives with mom and dad. Because the... <laughs> The, the man and woman who were married, who were now divorced, are only 24. So who, who knows? Who knows? All right. Back to our email. If you'd like to send me an email, it's eveningedgetodd at gmail.com. You can also uh, hit me up on social media at eveningedgetodd. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and TikTok for the time being. Uh, hi, Todd. I heard about the showtime change and bummed because my work colleagues and I won't be able to listen anymore. At the time of the show, because our work because of our work schedules, we cannot have a radio at work. We'll have to figure out uh, something. Uh, how did the decision to change the showtime come about, and by whom? Uh, why is the Hannity show splitting like you mentioned on the show earlier? Again, for now, I am usually able to listen from 7 to 8. Thank you, Debbie and Dayton. All right. So I've gotten a lot of emails and questions about this. So here's the deal. For the longest time, the great desire for uh, WHIO and the company in general is to have live afternoon talk shows. That's what they've wanted. And for a while, many, many decades ago, that was standard. That was standard, even on WHIO. I worked here uh, in the uh, early to mid-90s. And we had live talk shows, local live talk shows, on uh, 9 to noon and in the afternoon, 3 to 6. And then we had some on the weekends. But Monday through Friday is what really people focused on. And we had live shows. Live shows. The Kent Voss show was first on in the morning, 9 to noon, and then it got moved to afternoons. That's when I was his imaginary producer. After that, after Kemp moved, we had Mark Williams. Mark Williams did a show from 9 to noon. But over time, uh, you know, budgets were cut, and we got rid of local shows and all these syndicated shows like Sean Hannity and, you know, Rush Limbaugh had been there for a while. Uh, but all these other shows kind of populated radio stations, talk stations. Well... In the last, I don't know, especially during since the pandemic, there has been a great desire, not just by the company, but listeners wanting something local because you get local information. On this show, you get local information. We talk about we talk about many things. Sometimes it's, you know, quote unquote, national news. But we talk about local stuff all the time and people want to know what's going on. In their town. Now, my show's a little different. I mean, I do news, but I'm not like hardcore uh, news or politics or anything like that. I just like having fun. That's my kind of show. That's the show that I want to do. But they decided that they wanted an afternoon radio program in Dayton starting at 5 o'clock. Because the 5 o'clock hour, that is the big hour of the afternoon when people are listening. They're in their car, they're either coming home from work, or they're going to work, or they're uh, taking their kids somewhere, they're going to dinner, whatever. People are in the car during the 5 o'clock hour. So that's what they wanted, and that's why the show is moving from 6 to 8 
to five to seven. And that last hour of Hannity for the hardcore Hannity fans out there, you'll be able to listen to that third hour at seven o'clock. And honestly, and this isn't a criticism, it's just the truth. A lot of what you hear in that third hour, he's already talked about the first two hours. It's a lot of the re it's a lot of repeat. So it's not like you're you're missing out on, you know, some big revelation. <laughs> but he's gonna be on at seven o'clock and you can hear the third hour. So that is why uh the the show is moving. And if you look at uh, many other radio talk stations in markets the size of Dayton, uh, some and, and bigger and some smaller, that's what you're going to find. You're going to find local talk shows. At least that's the desire and that's the direction things are going. So I hope that explains it. I understand that uh, the time may not work for everybody, but the good news is every single show that I do, I post on my podcast. I post it on uh, eveningedgetodd.com, and it posts on all kinds of uh, podcast platforms all over the interwebs. It's on Stitcher. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on Google Podcasts. And you can even set it up. If you, if you go to one of those platforms and you just create an account, which is absolutely free, and all they ask you for is probably your name and your email address, you can, you can have a link sent to you every single day, and all you do is click on it, and you'll be able to hear the show. So there you go. Uh, 937-457-1290 is the telephone number. Now, I also need to give a huge shout-out to a couple of edgeheads in Springfield, Jeanette and Dave. Uh, they dropped off an amazing piece of artwork to me today that they made in their... I guess in their shop, Dave made in his shop and it's this beautiful giant piece of, uh, it's, it's handcrafted. It's an American flag. It's got the name of the show emblazed on the front of it and a giant squirrel. <laughs> it's the first American flag I've ever seen with a squirrel on it. And, uh, it's spectacular. So you'll be able to, you can see it on my Facebook page. It's wonderful. Thank you, thank you, Jeanette and Dave and Springfield for that wonderful gift. It's the Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call Todd now, 937-457-1290 or message him at Evening Edge Todd. Locally grown, seriously funny on WHIO. So, Todd, how does one get into the hedgehog business anyway? The Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call Todd now, 937-457-1290, or message him at Evening Edge Todd. Locally grown, seriously funny, on WHIO. Back here on the Evening Edge, Monday through Friday, from 6 to 8, starting May 1st, 5 to 7. I posted a uh, story on my uh, Facebook earlier. And this is a, it's a story I saw from Largo, Maryland. And I'm curious to know, it's kind of disgusting, but I, it's one of those realities. When you live in an apartment complex, some people have pets. Hopefully most people clean up after their dogs, but lots of times they don't. 
But this story, this is a uh, this is an apartment building that has about seven or eight floors. And the story is, is that people who have pets, uh, and I guess they keep their pets inside. And many people that have apartments have those pads that they put down for their dogs. We have used those pads at home, the poop pads, for our uh, for our dogs, maybe during a heavy snow. Because uh, our, our dogs are a bit prissy, and they don't like to go out in the snow. So sometimes that's what you got to do. But the story that I saw is that people whose dogs are doing their dropping their deuces in their apartment, they're not they're not putting them in the toilet like they should. That's what I would do or the trash can. They're throwing them off the balcony. They're throwing them off the balcony of their apartment down into the yard below. Now, why would you do that? I guess if you put a pad out on your on your patio, right, or your porch or whatever you call it, it might be easier just to toss it. But what what about the people below? Who does that? And I'm curious if you uh, if you live here in the Dayton area if you've ever encountered that people dropping poop from apartment buildings above yours. Nine three seven four five seven twelve ninety. Jason, are you down there? Well, hello there. How you doing? Oh, so far so good. So I have a question for you. You know, I was just talking about why they're moving my show to uh, 5 o'clock. Right. And a couple of people on the uh, Evening Edge uh, live stream uh, brought up some names of the past that that, uh, did shows here. Right. And I was trying to remember, I worked here in the 90s, and as I mentioned... Uh, Kent Voss was here. I I do remember Kent. And uh, Mark Williams uh, did 9 to noon. He was more issue political. Right. Opposed to what Kent's show was. Kent was, well, my show was kind of based on Kent's show. Right. Um, And then I do remember D.L. Stewart. Yeah, D.L., that's right. D.L. did do a show He did a show here, uh, I think maybe after that. Mm -hmm. And then you had Brian Ganey. Yes, The 1290 guy. I do know him. That's what he went by on the air, but... Uh, Brian Ganey actually replaced me as the imaginary producer. He right. became Senior Ganey on the show. Right. Yes. And then, of course, somebody mentioned Bob Sweeney. And sure. I, I remember Bob doing the overnight show for uh, a while. Interesting you mentioned that. Bob Sweeney was doing the overnight show on WHIO when the Xenia tornado happened. Oh, wow. I remember that night. Yeah. With a transistor radio under my pillow, mm-hmm. uh, listening to Bob Sweeney. Yeah, and yeah. it was it was he who said there was a tornado spotted over Miamisburg and to take cover. Oh, that's right, because they they there were reports of tornadoes in the area right. after the Xenia tornado. Yes, that right. is, that yeah. is true, and uh, that's what led but, me you know running in my parents' bedroom. But I but. remember, I also remember him hosting. I th- and I'm sure it was him, a daytime show at some point. Yeah, I think he did. I'm because not, I can't remember when. But... I remember he would do trivia. Oh, didn't, did he not do like an evening shift, like a 6, six to 10 or? Maybe he did. Or I don't... afternoons, maybe. I'm... I just remember calling, listening and calling in and winning a uh, gallon of Lady Borden ice cream that Ooh. we had to pick up at Lawson's. Yeah. And then also uh, breakfast for four, actually brunch, 
at Stouffer's Top of the Plaza and I, and downtown. I, and I also remember Keith Wright did uh, the music magazine thing, too, for a while from yeah. 6 until 10 or whatever it was. So I was just trying to remember, like, all of the shows, all the talk shows, and, you know, the fact that we used to have live afternoon oh, talk yeah. shows for a very long time, and then it just kind of fell away for a while. That's because generally the radio industry moved to, to the syndicated shows. Yeah, but now there's this move to try to bring back Local. Right. Make it more local. So right. just to reiterate, that's why the show is moving to sure. five. But uh, I, I knew that you would. You're like the radio encyclopedia of Dayton, so I figured you would have some I, I uh, try to be. Yeah. I'm not always, not always perfect, but I try. Well, you're pretty darn close. More than me, for sure. The Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call Todd now, 937-457-1290, or message him at Evening Edge Todd. Locally grown, seriously funny on WHIO. I believe it's about that time. Turn it right to one way. This is my friend, Todd. He makes me laugh. From Dayton, Ohio. Oh, super! What a crack, Todd. Would you please just listen? We have fun. And it's free. Oh, boy, this is great. It's the Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call me now, 937-457-1290. Locally grown, seriously funny on WHIO. And I'm getting really sick of guys named Todd. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's just a goofy, it's a goofy name, okay? Hi, what's your name? Todd. I'm Todd. It is the Evening Edge, Monday through Friday from 6 to 8. Starting May 1st, you'll be able to hear the show 5 to 7. I was going to bring this up last hour, and I just, I didn't get to it. Somebody last night mentioned on the show... Being a correspondent for the Evening Edge, an Evening Edge correspondent. And last fall, I remember sort of opening the phone lines, if you will, and uh, asking people who live in all different kinds of communities if they would like to be a uh, Evening Edge correspondent. And basically what it means, first of all, it's unpaid. Uh, second, there won't be any meetings. We're not going to have correspondent meetings um, unless people clamor for it, but I don't think there'll be any clamoring. Um, and, uh, and thirdly, it's a great way to be a part of the show. And what I'm looking for, it's like, look, I pay attention to what's going on here in Dayton and all the surrounding areas. I really try. I try to. Uh, but there's just so much. So many things. So many things going on. And last night we had a call, and I, I re- referenced this last hour, a, a gentleman who is a uh, structural inspector who was driving to uh, someplace in Springfield to check out a house that had been hit by a car. Now, we didn't have that in the news. Nobody knew that. But he called in and reported that. That's what I'm looking for from correspondence for the Evening Edge. And we had some last year. We had a few people called in and said, oh, I'll do it. Oh, I'll do it. Oh, I'll do it. And then I'd get an email here or there, and then it just kind of fell off. And candidly, I didn't keep up with it either. I didn't carry my own weight. So my apologies to all of the Evening Edge correspondents that maybe felt left out in the cold after... (laughs) After we did this before. 
So what I'm thinking, as especially with the show moving to five, I would love to have an actual list, a list of people from around the area who would be willing to be the Evening Edge correspondent for their community. And the smaller the community, the better. You know, if you're out in the middle of nowhere and uh, you love your little town that you live in and it's in our listening area, I want to hear from you. I want you to be the correspondent. So if anything crazy happens in your community, I will know who to call on. So if you'd like to be a correspondent for your town, by all means, 937-457-1290. And I'm going to make a list this time. Last time, I didn't really, I didn't do a good job. I'm just being honest with you. I kind of screwed it up. But this time, I'm earnest about it, and I'm going to keep a list. And uh, I'll even post it on uh, on my Facebook. Not last names or anything like that. You can remain private. I'll just put a first name and what community you're from. Right? Maybe you'll be, uh, I don't know, Bob from Bradford or something like that. We've got somebody watching on the uh, on the live stream. Her name is Ashley. She lives in Wapakoneta, near Wapakoneta, St. Mary's, that whole area. She would be perfect. She could call into the show, 937-457-1290, and say, hey, I'm willing to be your Evening Edge correspondent. So uh, have at it. Uh, let's see, Roger. What's going on, Roger? Oh, good. <laughs> um I turned my radio off to listen to you on the radio. Well, that's what you're supposed to do, as George Norrie says. Folks, when you call in, turn your radio down. So, Roger, you know how to play the game. Okay. <laughs> Way back, I mean, this is might even be before Rush Limbaugh, the guy that was doing the 5-7 to seven or 5-9 to nine or whatever it was guy, Okay. he had a nose picker alert. He had a what? People picking their nose at stop signs. Oh. Uh. <laughs> I don't remember. Are you sure that was. wasn't, uh, are you sure that wasn't Kent Voss? Because I, I produced his show and I vaguely remember something like that. That name sounds familiar. I mean. Yeah. It's been a long time ago. Kent Kent was on three to six. He came on after Rush. Okay, but But I remember I that. I remember it was either him or Dan McDowell who followed Kent. Yeah, I don't remember yeah. which one it was, but I caught him driving and he was they were putting alerts and <laughs> one of the big alerts was did they eat the booger? Oh jeez. <laughs> See that? I don't know, but he needs to know that. <laughs> well, WHIO was doing it. I guess so. I guess so. Well, maybe people did want to know. I don't know. Yeah, well, uh, that's just something you could bring back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you, uh, Roger. I appreciate it. I don't know that I'm going to bring back the booger alerts, but... Uh, uh, 937-457-1290. We have some breaking the law stories. Breaking the law, breaking the law, breaking the law, breaking the law. Well, I saw this story today, and this is, uh, this is something else. Um, it has to do with a big time heist. 
Now, lots of times, uh, heists take place at a bank. Not this one. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, This took place this past Monday up in Toronto at the Toronto International Airport. Uh, Officials there say $15 million worth of gold and other valuables were stolen from an air cargo container. Uh, A plane uh, landed there in Toronto, and it uh, had one of these big containers with all this loot and all these, I'm guessing, bars of gold and jewelry and whatnot. Uh, The plane was being unloaded, and the cargo was going to be transported to a holding facility. And I guess it left the airport, but then shortly after, it was reported missing. Uh, Authorities there didn't say where the plane carrying the cargo had come from or its scheduled final destination. Uh, No suspects were named in relation to the case. The heist uh, is uh, among the biggest in Canadian history. $15 million. Now, they say back in 1990, uh, armed thieves stole $13.7 million worth of uh, money and goods from a private plane in Montreal. So that's not bad. I mean, $13.7 million, $14 million or $15 million on Monday? That's uh, that's pretty impressive, but that by no stretch of the imagination is the biggest heist in history, which we're going to get to. Now, you might be wondering, what about the biggest heist in U.S. history? And uh, I did some research today, found a, uh, a company in England, and they deal in uh, in such things and uh, coinage and, and uh, you know, uh, Stuff that uh, they keep up on these things, you know, stuff that gets stolen, especially money, currency, that kind of deal. The biggest heist in U.S. history took place on March 24th, 1972. And guess what? It was orchestrated by an Ohio man. Now, granted, 50 years late, but uh, this guy gets his due <laughs> as an Ohio man. Uh, professional criminal from Ohio and six accomplices dynamited their way into the vault of the United California Bank and made off with $30 million in cash and other valuables. Uh, after the robbery, the band of thieves meticulously cleaned the townhouse they'd been renting Uh, removing any evidence that had stayed there. But the FBI caught up with them after they got a tip from a taxi driver, Uh, as well as finding fingerprints left on the dishwasher in the townhouse. See, they cleaned up everything in the townhouse, but they forgot to empty the dishwasher, (laughs) and they forgot to wipe down the front of it. And all their dirty dishes were still left inside the dishwasher. And that's one of the reasons why they got caught. Now, that's the biggest in U.S. history. $30 million. $30 million. But that's not the biggest heist ever in the history of recorded history. Okay? 
That actually happened in 2003. And it happened in March on the 18th in Iraq. Now, I had forgotten about this, but it's so obvious. Uh, The central bank of Iraq in Baghdad was robbed of approximately $920 million. Uh, Shortly before the eve of the Iraq war, Saddam Hussein deployed three large trucks to the central bank accompanied by one of his sons who presented a handwritten request to the bank manager (laughs) withdrawing a staggering amount of money, $920 million. So for however long it took, they filled up those three giant semi-trucks with money. Uh, And they said the intention was to safeguard the funds from the invading U.S. military, but we all know that that was probably his fund money. Uh, Bank workers loaded up the cash, and away they went. However, the U.S. recovered the majority of the pilfered funds through well-orchestrated raids. And I do recall, wasn't there a movie? What was the movie that they made about the U.S. military uh, servicemen and women who stole some of that money. Was it the the Kings or something or the desert, the three Kings? Yeah, that I think that's what it was. And George Clooney was in it, wasn't he? I think that's the story. But uh, 35 U.S. service members were caught stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars from that stash of 920 that uh, mostly was recovered. But uh, there you go. I mean... Bank heist in Canada, and I had no idea that the biggest bank heist in American history was all because of an old Ohio man. It's the Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call Todd now, 937-457-1290, or message him at Evening Edge Todd. Locally grown, seriously funny on WHIO. Find out everything you can on this Todd guy. The Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call Todd now, 937-457-1290, or message him at Evening Edge Todd. Locally grown, seriously funny, on WHIO. Back here on the Evening Edge, Monday through Friday, from 6 to 8, starting May 1st, 5 to 7. So I'm looking for Evening Edge correspondents. With the show moving to 5 o'clock, I'd like to have my uh, tentacles out there in the community and having a loyal edgehead who can call me or email me whenever there is... Oop, it stopped playing. Write down the time. What time is it? 7.25. Okay. (laughs) Engineering needs uh, notes. Um that you can call me and contact me whenever something happens in your community. Something that you feel would be perfect for this show. Uh, Tim, who uh, has called the show before and he's watching tonight on the live stream, he's from, uh, he's from Lima. So Tim is going to be the Lima correspondent. And then we got Josh. He's watching. He's going to be the Springboro co- uh, correspondent. And again, as I said, there's there's no money involved here. This is this is an unpaid responsibility. But you know, if you like the show and you want to contribute to it, this is an easy way to do it. So wherever you might live, 
Um, you know, I, the best example is if, uh, let's say, a car crashes into a building in your little town. Now, chances are I'm probably not going to hear about it. Unless it's in the news, I'm probably not going to hear about it. But that's something that I would like to know, right? Uh, and you could be the one to uh, to call. Uh, 937-457 is the uh, number if you'd like to... Uh, to be on, uh, we have, we have a uh, we have uh, we have a lawsuit uh, lottery. Ah! Oh, I, doing, I can't drop a lawsuit. Going to court. Lawsuit. It's private. Gonna sue him? No deal. We're going to court. I'm going to sue the pants off you. They just got a favorable ruling on a lawsuit. Enough, sir. You are out of order. So I've not seen this uh, true crime documentary on Netflix. I mean, I I saw it posted, but I haven't watched it yet. And this is, a, this is a documentary called The Hatchet-Wielding Hitchhiker. And apparently this is a story about, a uh, true story, a guy by the name of Caleb Kai McGilvery, who went from a viral internet sensation to a convicted killer. Apparently he was sentenced to 54, 57 years in prison for uh, killing someone with a hatchet. Now, why is there a lawsuit? Well, in the, if you have Netflix, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, they will put up pictures of the particular documentary. Um, and sometimes it's sort of a collage, a montage, if you will, right? Just little random pictures that depict whatever story they're trying to tell. Well, somebody who put this together pulled a random picture that they found on Instagram of somebody holding a hatchet. But it wasn't the guy who was convicted of the crime. It turns out it was a guy from Kentucky by the name of Taylor Hazelwood. He's 27. He'd never heard of the documentary until he began hearing from friends who saw the photo used in promotional pieces on Netflix. Uh, the man says he posted the uh, picture on his Instagram back in 2019, has no idea why or how Netflix came to use his photo. Uh, Hazelwood alleges that the film depicts him in a sinister and defamatory light using his photograph in a scene about a stone-cold killer. Uh, furthermore, towards the end of the film, a narrator's voice asks, is this a guardian angel or a stone-cold killer? Just as this man's photo is displayed on the screen. So somebody got the wise idea to just steal a photo from Instagram and use it in a documentary about a killer. So now he's, uh, he's suing. Looks like he's suing for a million dollars. Guess just to make his point. Uh, but ever since the documentary debuted, he's been pummeled with questions from his friends, family, and co-workers asking what his connection is with the convicted murderer. Wow. That's uh, somebody screwed up at the uh, production house, whoever uh, whoever decided to do that. 937-457-1290. Well, we've got somebody who wants to be a correspondent. We'll get to them here in a second. It's the Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call Todd now, 937-457-1290, or message him at Evening Edge Todd. Locally grown, seriously funny on WHIO. 
Don't give me that politics, Jazz. It's not my racket. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. Everyone just relax, all right? The problems of the world are not in my department. Now who would like a cookie? It's the Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call me at 457-1290. Locally grown, seriously funny on WHIO. Back here on the Evening Edge, Monday through Friday from 6 to 8. Starting May 1st, 5 to 7. It is Hot Hat Friday night. Thank you to the folks at Dayton Live for the lovely lid that is on display on my head. If you're watching the Evening Edge Toddcast live stream, Frozen opens up May 4th. Let it go, let it go, let it go. My wife was singing that to me the other night. I was complaining about something work-related, and she just starts singing, Let it go! Let it go! It did make me feel better. As did the cans of White Claw Surge. So, you know. Uh, We're looking for correspondents. Evening Edge correspondents. If you want to be a correspondent in your community. uh, We've got people watching the uh, live stream. And Steve... Uh, lives in Maria Stein, and he says he would be willing to be an Evening Edge correspondent. So thank you for that, uh, Steve. The list is growing. Luann in Pleasant Hill. What's going on, Luann? Oh, not a lot in Pleasant Hill. It's very small, like you said you wanted. Right, right. But every once in a while, something crazy could happen in Pleasant Hill. And it could. It could. It could. But if, if, if it's not big news, I'm probably not going to hear about it. But it might be something that would be worthy of talking about on the show. Maybe. 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 Now, Luann, are you uh, are you volunteering to be the Pleasant Hill correspondent? When, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you have a need for some for the knowledge in Pleasant Hill. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about Pleasant Hill. I, I don't know that I've uh, really spent any time there. Do you do you remember when um, the Ludlow Fall lights used to be at Christmas time? Yes, I do remember that. Um, Pleasant Hill is the next little town north of Ludlow Falls. Ah, okay, okay. I uh, I remember going there one year with my parents, and it was terribly, terribly cold. And honestly, we never made it back. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it was it, we, I, you know, drove through it a lot yeah. in the in the past. So you could just drive over it and see it. But yeah, it is, and it was crowded too. Do they still do that? No, they no. Quit doing that. They've been quit doing that a while back. Interesting, interesting. All right. Well, Luann, look, when something uh, something big or even medium size happens in Pleasant Hill, by all <laughs> means, give us a call. Okay. Oh sure, why not? Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have a good weekend. Sam in Beaver Creek. What's up, Sam? It's Tim. Friday evening. Oh, hey, Tim. (laughs) Sorry, it says Sam. Three in a row. Three nights in a row. This is crazy. Well, I'm just trying to get my time in before it goes away. I understand. You're going to be one of those poor folks that aren't going to be able to hear the show when it moves moves to five, right? Oh, no, I can hear it. I just can't call in. Oh, right, because you're really busy doing other stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's a busy part of my route. But uh, you mentioned earlier uh, about a house uh, being hit by a car. Yeah, we had uh, well, we had two somebody somebody called in last night who was a a, uh, um, structural 
uh, inspector who said that he was going to check on a house, I think up in Springfield or maybe Eden, Enon, that was uh, hit by a car. And then that was his second call to go check on a house like that in uh, the last 10 days. And then we had one this morning in Harrison Township where um, uh, Brian, who is a fire captain there, sent me pictures of a stolen car that crashed into uh, the garage of a building. So we, we've, well, we're we now up to 33. That's how I wanted to ask, Joe, what the count was and how that compares to last year. Well, let me pull it up. Well, I don't have uh, I don't have it by I, I will say this I don't have it by dates. Like oh, okay. I don't know at what point in the year uh, we were at thirty three, but I can tell you that last year we ended up with eighty one. So lot. yeah, it is a lot, uh, and we're only like I said at thirty three. Uh, back in twenty twenty one. When we were sort of in the the depths of the pandemic, we were uh, we hit forty seven. Uh, the wow. year prior, twenty twenty, we were at seventy. But uh, the the years twenty nineteen all the way back to twenty thirteen, with the exception of twenty seventeen, we were all over a hundred homes or buildings hit oh, wow. for the year. In twenty seventeen, we only hit ninety two. Well, I appreciate the information, but, of course, that's not why I called. No, not at all. <laughs> I was wondering, have you gotten into the axe-throwing uh, community? No. You know, it's funny. Um, I was talking about uh, a recall earlier in the show that uh, over 2 million sledgehammers had been, have been recalled. Uh, DeWalt, Stanley, and Craftsman. And you can find the list at whio.com. And I brought that up because... I I am not uh, I don't feel confident with things like big sled sledgehammers or axes or chainsaws. So the idea of going someplace and drinking and throwing an axe probably not for me. No, but you know uh, some friends of mine want to go, and in preparation, um, I was just thinking about this, and I thought, you know, if if I ordered a special order axe from overseas and had it shipped. I would have a foreign accent. Tim, I love you, but that was kind of pitiful. Well, you know, it was kind of pitiful, run. kind of pitiful. But thank no you for that. All right, Tim, thank you. Be safe out there. That line's open nine three seven four five seven twelve ninety. We have some food news. <laughs> What's your favorite food? Don't play with your food. This is a lot of food. Isn't it glorious? How you get so big? Did you own a biscuit? Love talking about food. It's one thing that we can all sort of agree on. We can't agree on politics or religions or favorite sports teams, but we all love a good meal, don't we? Now, earlier this week on Tuesday, it was Tasty Tuesday. And if you've never noticed, when I do food news on Tuesdays, it's Tasty Tuesday. If I do food news on another day of the week, it's just food news. You can't really do Tasty Tuesday on Fridays, right? It doesn't work. But that's how things work here on the show. Uh, But on Tasty Tuesday, we were talking about the fact that McDonald's had made that big announcement that they were rolling out uh, a number of huge changes on their classic burgers. Um, they're going to uh, add gooier cheese. 
uh, more pillowy <laughs> buns. And who doesn't love a good pillowy bun? Uh, and also, they were going to use onions, white onions, and grill them on the burgers. And some people love that idea. But just in a number of days, and, and this hasn't hit the Dayton market yet. Uh, there's a bunch of big cities where this change has taken place, and uh, we will we will be dealing with this by uh, the end of the year, they say. But a lot of the folks are not happy about this because, according to some who have taken to social media, um, they're saying you can't go into McDonald's in these places that are now just automatically putting onions on the burgers and grilling them because they want you know that that good flavor that you can't order it without onions. I'm like, well, how can that be? How can you not have that option? And people were just losing their minds. They're like, I can't get it without onions. Well, McDonald's, they tweeted and said, you can always get the burger the way you want it. Uh, with onions or without onions, okay? But here's, here's the, the caveat to that. Now, if you don't like onions, or maybe I'm sure there are people out there that might be allergic to onions, and some people can get very sick by having onions. If you grill a burger on a grill and you are automatically adding onions to all of the other burgers, and then somebody says, hey, I don't want any onions on mine, you're like, okay. But you still grill the burger on the same grill. There's still going to be, I don't know, onion juice. <laughs> still remnants of onion juice on the grill that your burger will likely soak up. I can't imagine that McDonald's is going to have multiple grills. One for burgers with onions, one without I don't think that's going to happen, but uh, we'll see what happens with that. Jimmy, you have a uh, you have a comment on this? Yes, I am one of those people who, if I eat an onion, I will get sick. Okay, yeah. I I don't even go into the parking lot at White Castle. Oh, for really? This reason, <laughs> just the whiff, just of... the smell makes my right. my stomach turn. So if this is the case, I well, I, I guess I'm going to have to add McDonald's to that list. That might be. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Uh, moving on, Fanta has created its first ever wearable creation <laughs> inspired by classic Fanta orange soda. It's, <laughs> it's called the Scent of Fanta. This is a perfume. Scent of Fanta embodies everything its inspiration gives, they say. An effervescent, juicy orange essence Intermingled with tart thyme, or excuse me, tart lime and a hint of soft sugar notes. So you can, uh, if you're, if you want to smell like a uh, bottle of uh, orange Fanta, you can go to their website, I guess, and uh, order the perfume. Uh, we have some uh, beer news within our uh, food news. 
And where'd that go? Here it is. Don't you like beer? Beer me, beer me. Beer. 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 You want some beer? Here that beer. It's beer. How about another beer? Where's my beer? We're low on beer. We drank all the beers. I have respect for beer. Now this this is topical because it has to do with Elon Musk, who, by the way, uh, if you didn't see, uh, removed everyone's uh, blue check mark on Twitter if they haven't paid to be uh, one of those uh, confirmed users yesterday. And people are up in arms. This show, me personally, have never had a blue check mark. So I don't really care. But anyway, uh, Elon has announced a limited edition Tesla beer. It's called Giga Beer. And it comes in a bottle designed that's inspired by their new Tesla Cybertrucks. And I've looked at the Cybertruck. And it's probably one of the most ugliest things I've ever seen in my life. It looks more like, uh, I don't know, something out of Mad Max under Thunderdome. The beer is available as a three-pack, and get this, it only costs $97. (laughs) The Pilsner-style brew is made in Germany and comes in a sleek, glossy black sleeve. Musk himself says the beer is brewed for cyborgs made by humans. Do you think... And this, this really could be a discussion for an entire show. Do you think that we are seeing Elon Musk, as, as brilliant as he is and as amazing as some of the things he's done, is he slowly slipping into the level of weirdness of, say, Howard Hughes? I feel like he is. He's kind of like on the verge you know, and that whole that whole joke uh, that they say that if you're poor and you're a bit, uh, you know, a little off or whatever, you're crazy. And if you're rich, you're eccentric. <laughs> and I think that's kind of where he's at. But I'm, I'm thinking that we're watching Elon Musk become Howard Hughes. Just my take. It's the Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call Todd now, 937-457-1290, or message him at Evening Edge Todd. Locally grown, seriously funny, on WHIO. Todd, don't look at me. Oh, my God. The Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call Todd now, 937-457-1290, or message him at Evening Edge Todd. Locally grown, seriously funny, on WHIO. Back here on the Evening Edge, Monday through Friday from 6 to 8, starting May 1st, 5 to 7. I've been sitting on this story for a while. Just want to uh, clear out my folder. A Spanish mountain climber emerged from an underground cave last week after spending 500 days isolated from the world. This woman, uh, she went into the uh, into the cave on November 21st, 2021. I thought maybe she was trying to get rid of, you know, get away from COVID or something, but apparently this was part of a uh, a study. Of some sort. Her name, Beatrice Flamini. Flamini. But anyway, she uh, set a new world record by uh, being underground for 500 days. And uh, as she emerged, her first thought was, who's buying the first round of celebratory beers? I think my first thought would be, who's going to take a shower? (laughs) 
500 days in a cave. I don't know what possesses people to do such things, but she did it. Apparently, her teammates dropped off food and other necessities at a retrieval site through her 500-day challenge, and she'd uh, pick up whatever they left there. So she had food. Maybe she had wet naps to bathe. I don't know. I don't know. 500 days in a cave. No thank you. All right. Well, enjoy your weekend. We'll be back on Monday just after 6. You can get the podcast at eveningedgetod.com. And you can find uh, find me on social media at Evening Edge Todd. Have a terrific weekend. We'll talk to you Monday. He's done. It's over. He's finished. Sorry, buddy. Show's over. Say goodnight to the bad guy. Now give me a kiss and say goodnight. Good riddance, you loony. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.